It's beautiful, isn't it? I'm Mal, daughter of Maleficent, and this is my home. It wasn't always. I was born on the Isle of the Lost, where all of the villains had been banished, locked away for good. That is until Prince Ben decided that their children should have a chance. So, four villain kids, the VKs, came to Oridon, including me. Long story short, Ben's the king now, I'm his girlfriend, and we are about to head back to the Isle to pick what will hopefully be a long line of new VKs who get to come to Oridon and find their happily ever afters, too. Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am Christy, and I'm here with my co-host and friend. Oh, I switched it up this time. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! Whoa! Keep it on your toes. It's getting wacky over here. Um, I'm here with Bree. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bree. I'm the Hi. co-host and friend. Yes, usually she's the friend and co-host, but this time. I, you <laughs> wait. Does that mean you're? I bumped you down. You're slightly oh. less of a friend to be more co-host than friend. Damn. Damn. That's what you get. That's what you get for going on vacation. I'm sorry. How dare you? I know. I'm we the are, worst. What can I we say? We are re- rewarding Bree with uh, being fresh off a of vacation by taking a look. At the currently the last installment in the Disney Descendants series. This is Disney Descendants 3. And you know what? Decent little film. Decent yeah. little film. Yeah, I was uh I was telling Brie off pod about this one that I definitely I this is like the best film of the series, I think. Or at least it's the one that I most enjoyed. Um I mean, we'll get into why, but yeah, there's a lot of things to like about this movie. We've come a long way from the first Disney Descendants film, where it legitimately felt a little painful to get through. Yeah. Well, and were they all, for some reason, when you were like, okay, let's do Disney Descendants, my brain said, that's a three-hour film. Were the other ones longer? Is this one, because this one was a two-hour film. Or were oh. the other ones legitimately longer, or did they just feel longer? <laughs> Let me look it up, because I know, yeah, like, we we struggled with um, the other movies, because they are, they are quite long. It looks like Disney Descendants 2 was uh, about the same. Okay, okay. So it might just be that... Time perception. Yeah, like, yeah, they're all about the same. I think this one just, it definitely felt like a tighter plot, although it still went on for a bit. Yeah, and it, it's still, um, there's definitely, it could be shorter. It, it drags in some areas, but like, and like, there's some parts near the end where I'm like, this pacing feels very strange and yeah, bizarre choices. But like it's still it it despite the weird pace, it's still moving at a at a fair enough clip that you don't feel like you're like, oh my god, please end. Yeah. And even um like I it's funny how the writing the summary often becomes another way of trying to figure out 
how good or not the movie is for me <laughs> because I sometimes like the last couple Disney movies, the Disney Descendants movies, I remember it being a bit of a struggle to trim them down because it just felt like there's everything felt relevant to the plot, but there was just so much that like little like branches that you had to know before you could really get into some of the bigger story points, or at least like the bigger story points made the most sense once you had the little stuff to clarify it. Yeah. This one, it feels like because maybe because they've had the, the other two movies to sort of establish most of their stuff, they could, they don't have to have as many wildly branching paths. Yeah. So it could make it just a little tighter. Yeah. The movie didn't have to stop and like introduce, Oh, I'm, Jimmy, son of Jiminy Cricket. Or, you know, like, those little, that, that little weird shit. <laughs> now, would he be a cricket? Or would he be a man? You know, I don't know. Would he be a man uh, who... with just, like, cricket, cricketness to him? Yeah, maybe it would be, maybe it would be, like, how the beast, uh, the human beast is, like, dude, but he makes beast noises sometimes. Maybe yeah. it'd be like that. Every, it's just this normal looking guy, but he just cr- chirps like a cricket every he so can, often. He can like rub his legs together and cr- and chirp like a cricket, and it's fucking weird. Oh, oh, I li- I'm liking this. Well, cause like yeah. no spoilers, but at the very end, there's a big thing with a, a bunch of the villain island people doing like a dance, and like some of them they have like s- signs and stuff of the different villains that they. Mm-hmm are related to or follow or something and scar is there and that's a lion <laughs> that's that's just a lion <laughs> I, 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 I like how you had to clarify <laughs> like because it, it's not like scar as like uh like an anthropomorphized or like like a interpretation into a man it's just yeah. a lion <laughs> Oh, it's so good. So, one of the many questions raised in the Disney Descendants uh, canon. Such a strange universe. What what happens to the villains that aren't humans? Are they they also there? Is there just a really angry lion and a pack of hyenas? Yeah, like they just have like there's like a section of the island that's basically a zoo or something. Yeah, like a like an evil zoo. <laughs> Cuz I was going to I was about to say like, well, I guess Scar does get torn apart by hyenas at the end of of The Lion King. Spoilers. But like Gaston's son is there and Gaston did fall off of a a a castle and die. So Yeah. Who who but- cares, I guess? Basically, all of the villains, or at least, like... No, actually, I guess all the ones we've seen, because Ursula, um... Yeah, she gets gets killed. Yeah. Evil Queen, um... Who else was there? Uh, oh, Jay's dad is Jafar Cruella. I think Cruella might be the only one that I don't think she died. I don't think she dies. (laughs) So, who knows? It's, It's all very... Don't worry about it. Maybe they resurrected them just to fucking punish them and lock them up on the island. Uh, mm. 
Many things to think about. Many things. Many questions asked forever in this, uh, <laughs> in this canon. I mean, we might get some answers to them one day because they there is a spin-off that they announced. Oh. The, yeah, apparently um it's it's called Descendants the Rise of Red, so it's going to be focusing on the daughter of the Queen of Hearts. Okay. Okay. It's I don't think there's I don't think there's been much much detail released about it. I know that um uh, so Brandy played Cinderella in there. There was like a live action version that, of Cinderella that Disney put out in 1997, based yeah. on the Rodgers and Hammerstein um, musical. Yeah. And so apparently she's she and uh, Paulo Montalban are reprising the roles as Cinderella and King Charming for that. Or oh for wow! The, okay, for the spinoff. So okay, which I guess means that in. The Descendants series, Chad is the son of Brandy and, and <laughs> Paulo? Sure. I say I say that because Brandy's Cinderella was so nice. I mean, I guess the, like the original Cinderella was nice too. But like how do you how do you get such a nice person? <laughs> how do you end up with a, Chad? <laughs> how do you end up with Chad? Yeah, how does this work? I feel like Brandy Brandy wouldn't take that. Yeah. I don't. Who knows? Question mark. Maybe Chad won't just won't be <laughs> in yeah. that film. Maybe. Maybe. Well, that's they'll something. Just, they'll just be like, forget that Chad exists, please. Don't worry about yeah. it. Don't worry about yeah. him. Don't worry. <laughs> Some something for us to learn about in the future, maybe when, whenever <laughs> that film comes out. Uh Well, should we get into it? I, I guess we should get into it. All right. Let's let's discuss the uh, plot summary of Disney Descendants 3. I keep I keep waiting for like a subtitle. There's no there is no subtitle on these. I feel, it no. feels like it should be like Disney Descendants 3. This one has Hades in it. <laughs> oh, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, okay, the film begins and we see that Mal and the other villain kids have finally made good on Prince Ben's pledge to bring more kids from the Isle of the Lost to Oridon. The new kids selected are the twin sons of Mr. Smee, the granddaughter of Lady Tremaine, and Celia, the daughter of Dr. Facilier. Just as Mal and the others are about to return to Oridon, Hades, the former ruler of the Underworld, appears and attempts to escape. Mal is able to stop him, but she's shaken by the close call. Not helping things is the fact that Mal's rival, Uma, is still on the loose after escaping the Isle in the previous film. Thankfully, Mal gets a pick-me-up in the form of Ben proposing to her, which she happily accepts. Everyone is thrilled at the news, save for Ben's former girlfriend, Audrey, and Audrey's grandmother, Queen Leah. Queen Leah bitterly chastises Audrey for losing Ben to Mal. A lifetime of plans. Gone. Our family status. Gone. Audrey, you were supposed to be his queen, and you let him slip through your fingers. 
Your mother could hold on to a prince in her sleep. Don't you think I feel bad enough already, Grammy? Pushed to a breaking point, Audrey decides that if the people want a villain for a queen, she'll be that villain. Audrey breaks into Ordon's Museum of History and steals Maleficent's scepter, transforming herself with its dark magic. The next morning, the news of the scepter's theft and Hades' near escape is causing a lot of concern. Thinking it's become too dangerous to risk opening the barrier around the Isle of the Lost, it is proposed that the barrier be closed forever. Surprisingly, Mal is the one who proposes this, seeing it as her duty as future queen to guarantee the safety of Auradon. But you know what this would mean? All those kids. Are you prepared for that? I know what it means. And no, I'm not prepared for it. I just think that we have no other choice. Son. Mal's right. I just don't think that we would forgive ourselves if something terrible happened. Knowing that the other villain kids would disagree with her, Mal keeps her decision to herself for the time being. Shortly after, Mal is confronted by Audrey, who tells her it's time for payback. She casts a spell on Mal, turning her into an old hag, before disappearing to cause more trouble around Oridon. Mal's friends arrive, and Mal explains that the only thing more powerful than the scepter is Hades' Ember, which means that they'll have to journey to the Isle of the Lost to try and take it from him. While the villain kids are making their way to the Isle, Audrey crashes Jane's birthday party at the Enchanted Lake. Audrey casts a spell, making everyone there fall asleep, but Jane manages to avoid the spell by diving under the water of the lake. Audrey then appears to Ben, saying that she'll free everyone from her spell if Ben agrees to marry her. Ben avoids responding to Audrey's proposal, which sets her off. She casts a spell on Ben and turns everyone who was left awake in Auradon to stone. Sleeping is too good for you. Sleeping is too good for Auradon. <laughs> Meanwhile, back on the aisle, Audrey's spell on Mal is broken by the magic barrier. Back to her normal self, Mal begins making her way down to Hades' lair, where Hades is in the middle of a nap. Mal tries to steal the ember, but is of course caught red-handed. Here we find out that Hades is secretly Mal's dad, who left when she was small. <laughs> After some father-daughter squabbling, Hades does end up giving Mal the ember, but he warns her that, number one, it's not guaranteed to work for her the way it does for him, and number two, if it gets wet, it stops working entirely. Mal and the villain kids go to leave the aisle, but Harry Hook and Gil escape through the barrier while it's down. A fight breaks out and the ember almost falls into the ocean, but it's saved by Uma, who emerges from the waves. Mal demands the ember back, and Uma makes a deal. She'll return the ember if Mal agrees to free all the kids on the aisle. With no other choice, Mal agrees, and the two groups reluctantly team up, with Uma insisting that she'll hold on to the ember for the time being. The group finds their way back to Auradon and begin trying to track down Ben. After dealing with some suits of armor brought to life by Audrey's magic, they manage to find Ben, who Audrey has cursed into the form of a beast. Beast Ben doesn't seem to recognize his friends, but Jane arrives and sprays him with some water from the Enchanted Lake, which breaks Ben's spell. After Audrey tries to once again trap them, Mal and Uma discover that they can combine their magic to make it stronger. 
This and their growing camaraderie inspires Uma to make amends and give Mal Hades Ember. Unfortunately, that camaraderie doesn't last long. When Mal's promise to free all the kids on the isle is brought up, Mal decides now is the best time to reveal to everyone that she lied. <laughs> Girl, you know, this is, uh, might as well. Um, not only will no more kids be taken off the isle, the barrier will be closed forever. Uma, Evie, and all the other villain kids are heartbroken at this. Celia, angry that Mal was going to prevent her from ever seeing her father again, takes Hades' ember and douses it with water. Uma and her gang leave, and Mal's friends confront her about how she not only lied to them, but to all of the kids they promised better lives to. I had to do something! I, I had to protect Oridon! Closing the barrier was your idea? I did it for us! I did it for our life that we have here now! For our life? What about the kids that we left behind on that island? The kids that we promised! We were their only hope. To rub salt into the wound, Audrey chooses that moment to turn Mal's friends to stone. With no other choice, Mal goes to face Audrey alone, and without the lit ember. Mal finds Audrey back at Oridon Prep. Mal transforms into her dragon form and attempts to reignite the ember, but it doesn't work. Audrey starts blasting Mal with the scepter, which Uma and her gang witness. They decide to intervene, and Uma once again shares her magic with Mal. Combined, they manage to reignite the ember, and Mal manages to overpower Audrey. Audrey collapses, and her spells are broken. Everyone across Oridon returns to normal, but unfortunately, the magic of the ember has put Audrey into a deep sleep. Mal says the only one who knows how to wake Audrey is Hades himself. Can you wake her? Since when do heroes care about villains? She's... One of your own? <laughs> When you guys tried to destroy the world, this is an error in judgment. But when it's one of us, lock him up, throw away the key. Hades is brought to Ordon by armed guard and uses the ember to wake Audrey. Audrey immediately and sincerely apologizes to Mal and Ben, and Mal and Ben offer her their own apologies. Hades is led away to be returned to the Isle of the Lost, but not before receiving a kiss from Mal. At a celebration the following day, Mal announces to the gathered crowd that she can't be their queen. We are all capable of good and bad, no matter which side of the barrier we come from. And that's why I can't be queen of just Oridon. I have to be queen of the Isle, too. And it's time that we take the barrier down forever. Ben agrees with Mal, as does the gathered crowd. With the other villain kids present, Mal uses the fairy godmother's wand to bring down the barrier once and for all. People from both sides of the barrier meet and begin celebrating their new future together, and the film draws to a close with the villain kids preparing to visit their parents for the first time since they left the aisle. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> she is. Um, yeah. Okay. 
right. So yeah, no. they don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't never got to it. see Maleficent. Um, if you remember in the Disney Descendants two, we did get to see Maleficent as the lizard, and Mal put her mom in a little box and then took her back to the island when she was having her like crisis of I'll never fit in an Oridon. Oh, um, did she? I forgot that she brought her back. She brought her back, but then we never see what she did with her mom. In the, <laughs> she after just let that. her free. We don't know. We we um. It okay. So <laughs> there is, yeah. The the live action series kind of forgets what happened to Maleficent for a bit. Um, I should say there is like it was like a I think a twenty five minute special they did. It was an animated thing. Um, where. They showed Mal and Ben getting married, and in that, they show that Maleficent is still a lizard. So I oh. guess she is just going to be a lizard for the rest of her life. <laughs> uh, huh. Well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so there's that. There's there's that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the end. The Oh, yeah, the end. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped in there. No, it's all good. We got to spit the important facts about uh, Maleficent. About uh, Malizardfants? Yeah. Uh, I tried. Good job. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, so that bit at the end there where it's like, yeah. Mal chose this moment to be the, the prime opportunity to come clean was definitely the... Uh, most bizarre choice, I think. Yeah. It's, there's, there's no reason for her to admit this in the moment. It's just like she senses that the movie needs some additional conflict. But and it, it really doesn't. I, I know. It's, it's just, I, it makes, it makes zero sense for her character. I don't understand it. Um, I think it's supposed to be like, She's just so torn apart by the guilt that she has to come clean. Maybe? I guess. But it's like, you are literally, like, everything is horse shit right now. Just, like, (laughs) deal with this later. Even, I could see, like, I I get that it's like, because it is a movie for young kids, um, (laughs) they need to have, uh... I guess, like, a, a fallout, a consequence for her lying by omission and actively lying to these people to get them to work with her. Um, yeah. So it it has to get addressed. But at the same time, this could have been something, like, no one knows about it except uh, Ben and the king and queen, or I guess the former king and queen, whatever. Beast and Belle yeah. and the very godmother are the only people who know. Um, yeah. So, like, this could have been a private conversation between them later. <laughs> like, she yeah. literally didn't have to tell anyone anything. This could have been dealt with privately later. Yeah, because, like, I, I sincerely doubt that Ben would have, like, said something in front of in front of her friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um... Even if yes. it was just like a, like I was wrong, Ben, like uh, or or something, like anything that could have just been like a private conversation, anything. 
But yeah. no, well, and that's- we decided we needed to have <laughs> this conversation in the dark, in the woods, as we're heading to try and defeat uh, Audrey or whatever. Yeah. Just for yeah. some conflict. And then a really weird I Want song from Mal. Yeah. The song, like, felt weird really yeah just like to, like not didn't even really fit the emotion of the scene no not at all like that was it was it was just the last that this little chunk of this film is extremely weird yeah because like we get that and then we get mal's weird song and then she like catches up to Uma and is like, "Please help Uma. Like, I know you're good." And Uma's like, "No, fuck you. Come on, <laughs> you lied again. Like, yeah, I'm out of here." And then Uma leaves, and she's like, uh, "Deal with the consequences of of your actions." And then so Mel's like, "Okay, well, I guess I gotta do it on my own," and shows she's trying to. But then Uma is still there, and she's like. Oh look, that she's not winning. Um. Oh fuck, let's go help her. It's like, what was the point? Yeah, just keep yeah, it together. Like, like <laughs> or like, or like, don't have like, point? like, don't have like that extra scene where she like seeks out Uma, and then Uma turns her down again. Like, we don't need that. Just cut no. that out of the movie. No, we don't need like, it. It's so bizarre. You, you know what I thought? I think they could have fixed this actually somewhat easily. Um, like the Mal, Mal spilling the beans, um, specifically. Um, so because Audrey has magic, I think um, you could have had it. So Audrey maybe just shows up. And because she's, she's bitter about all this, partially because she feels like she's lost all of her friends because of Mal. And so... May this is again. This is my rewrite, as I always do with these fucking films. Um, but maybe Audrey decides she's gonna try and make Mal's friends ditch her. You know, just like all her friends ditched her. Um, so she can cast a Pinocchio type spell on Mal, so that Mal is forced Whoa. to tell the truth. You know, and maybe it starts off as like making Mal say like truths about what she thinks about her friends. Like, kind of, it can be kind of like goofy at first. You know, like I'm sure you could picture it as a kid's movie. Yeah, yeah, so they're yeah, gonna yeah. be like, like Jay's feet smell or something like Dude, that. Carlos, you always smell like a dog. Yeah. Oh, that's you yeah. That'd be a good one. You can't sleep with dude in your bed anymore. You smell like a dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stuff like that. And then as a part of that spell, you know, it's all the goofy stuff at first, but then Mal blurts out that she was going to close the barrier for forever. And so it wouldn't just be her choosing to spill this very, like, dire secret at a point where it's really fucking inconvenient to. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's Audrey fucking with her and then and it coming out as a result of that. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, that could also have the added benefit of, like, when she goes to Uma and she's saying all these kind things and like, I know we could be friends or blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, she is, she is telling the truth because she has to tell the truth. And that would have been really good. I think. Shit. That I like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <sighs> well, we should be script doctors. <laughs> <laughs> For real, for real, 
Kendall, just hire, yeah. just hire Christy and I to come in and, and <laughs> yeah, look at the script good. and be like, hmm, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it's, but like, always make sure to do it after you've already made the movie. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. That... We can only do it after seeing the whole thing finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You we're know. the worst, we're the worst script doctors ever because you need to be done already. Yeah. Yeah. We only work in hindsight. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> on, on the note of closing off the portal, I I don't get why Mal leaped to that conclusion. I, again, maybe like in general, a lot of her decisions don't make sense in this movie. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just don't get why they why they feel the need to close it for forever. Like they are worried about Hades getting out the next time it's opened. Um, there's like, yeah, the stuff about Uma, I guess I, I get that it's shaken them up, but just keep the barrier closed for a little bit and then maybe think of another approach. Like, it's not like you have to keep opening and closing barrier. You could just leave it closed for a little bit while, yeah, you know, you like, have time to think. You have time. You have, like, they have evil magic. Sure. Yeah. All right. They, you also clearly have like the 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 thing that is baffling me as, as I think about it is like, okay, so they used all this magic to make this big old barrier. Why are they like, yeah, it would be bad if a bunch of villains got out and started running amok, but like clearly they have enough magical what what's its to like stop them. Yeah, well, it makes you wonder how did they lock them up in the first place? Yeah, like how did they manage to corral a bunch of hyper powerful evil people onto an island and then put a dome over them? Yeah. <laughs> well, and like Hades himself, like he points out he was a god. Yeah, Who, like how the, the hell did they get Hades in there? Yeah. It's fucking Hades, god of the underworld, like Greek pantheon shit. Like he's, he's. How, what, it makes no sense. And like, granted, the the film itself, there's um, you know, one or two things that don't quite just just one or two line up. But like, man, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. That's the, that's the subtitle of this movie. There you go. We found Disney it. Descendants three. I don't fucking get it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it. It just seems it's such a knee-jerk reaction that they had one bad experience closing the barrier and then Mal decides, well, we, we just can't open it again. And it's like, how about this? How about next time you go, you don't like, you close, you close it after pretty timely. You don't like have your little song and dance as you're leaving. Yeah, maybe if you cut out the dance sequence, it wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or like just have like a bunch of guards and not just a bunch of like young adults in a limo picking these these people yeah. up. Like there's oh the lack the lack of guards on any of the royalty or any of the people in this whole universe is very silly. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> it's almost shocking when you see the guards at the end of the film escorting Hades because it's like wait a minute you had you, you have those. <laughs> <laughs> when, like, why did you not use them before? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. All right. Let's, 
let's get my note. I have a lot of notes on this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Hades being on the island. Mm-hmm. We, we were just t- touching on that again. Does So, like, he was... He was a god. He he was a god. Like that opens up. Like there's such a there's <laughs> again. I know. I I believe we've talked about it for the other two movies as well. But like the the breadth of the villainness of these people yeah. is so wide that we've got like Cruella Deville, who's who is you know she's a villain. She's not a very nice lady. She likes to turn dogs into coats. Evil. Yeah. Not great. Mm-hmm. Then we have. Hades, god of the underworld, is like fucking Chernobog from Fantasia in there too. Like, yeah, is, do they just have the fucking devil in there also. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's there's also it's like you said there's such a wide berth because you also we see Lady Tremaine in this yeah. film as well. So Who she's is like undoubtedly a terrible person, but like, but she's not <laughs> literally the devil. No, and like. And and really, like, she's just a big asshole. And we've seen some of the people on Oridon are also assholes. Like, if if Lady Tremaine is on that island, then shouldn't they fucking lock Chad up too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just it's so... Yeah, it's I don't understand. I don't understand how Hades got on the island. I kind of How to get him there. Like, did Zeus just, like, <laughs> I don't, like, did Zeus arrest him and help? Or, like, <laughs> and it's so confusing. Ugh. I shrug. I, I don't know. Hades himself, his personality, it's very, we, we talked about this before with this series, but it's very weird to try and reconcile the personality that we see Hades have in this film with the one in the original Disney film, because this film, he just seems, like, pretty chill. Yeah. Like, he's just, Um, like, a chill guy. Yeah, like, he's, he's a bit of a deadbeat dad, for sure. Yeah. Um, but he also, like, seems to genuinely care about Mal, and... He's, and it's like interesting, like with the ember thing, you kind of think in any other movie, it would be a big deal to get the ember, but Mal just goes to him and they kind of have like a little like, you know, like you left and he, you know, he tries to excuse him leaving, blah, blah, blah. So they have a little spat. They have a little but back then after and forth, the, yeah. After that, he just gives her the ember. Yeah. Just, and just like, I don't know, like it just like, it's, from what we've seen from the other villain kids, like. They would never fucking do that. No. So yeah, it's just, it's very strange. He just he I don't know if he just mellowed out a lot or something. <laughs> I guess when you're the king of the underworld, the god of Hades, and then now you have a cave on an island full of villains. Yeah. Maybe you just sort of chill. I I guess you're kind of forced to also, what, like, they're like, Hades' ember is so important. It's like, what is it? It's, just, it's a rock. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a magic, magic rock, rock, I guess, with his, like, I, hell powers in it. Yeah, because I think hell. it was- just... Underworld. It's a different thing. I... The whole, oh, yeah. Hades is a villain from, from in 
it's not really like Greek mythology is not that. Okay. Anyway, we're not going to go on that because that's <laughs> something completely. We're just going to think about him in context of the movie. Yes. But yeah. yes. Yeah. I think they just, they needed a way to like, they needed a magic MacGuffin yeah. that could be easily passed between characters and characters because while I'm sure it would make more sense that Hades himself could just do magic, you can't have that without taking Hades off the island. Although that might have been kind of fun if, like, they had to just, like, handcuff Hades to Mal and, like, <laughs> they had to, you know, like, make sure, he didn't, <laughs> make sure he didn't escape and then they could, like, have, like, I don't know, a bonding thing over the movie and, like, reconcile their father-daughter differences. Yeah. Instead of just kind of ditching him on the island for most of the movie. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I, one thing that's kind of funny to note. I did you ever watch the TV show House of Mouse back in the day? I don't think I did. It was basically it was just one of those shows that um, it was so it was Mickey Mouse and his friends. They had like a little nightclub, and it was just like a vehicle to show some of the old Disney shorts, and like there were some new ones too. So they just, like, have a little framing device of the episode. Um, you know, Mickey has to do this in the club, and then you see some cartoons in between. Um, but there is... It was kind of similar to Disney Descendants, where you got to see cameos from all the other Disney characters. Um, okay. And in one episode, the framing device is that Hades gets a crush on Maleficent, and he gets Mickey's help to try and woo her. Oh, shit. So it's kind of like continuity. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't know. I would I I would love to know if oh they my God. if they knew that they were kind of referencing that House of Mouse episode with this or if it was just purely like somebody was just like, "Oh, like who's the most powerful male villain that we could pair up with Maleficent to have be Mal's dad?" I ah uh, Yeah. Uh, I imagine someone on the team must have known. Yeah, maybe, hopefully. I I weirdly remember, like, that episode distinctly. I don't know why it's stuck in my memory, but I, rec <laughs> I recall the ending is that... So, like, of course, Mickey Mouse, like, he's a good guy, so he's, like, telling Hades, like, <laughs> be nice, and that's how you get a lady. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, of course, that doesn't, that doesn't work for Maleficent, so it's not until the end where Hades loses his shit and starts yelling at Mickey that Maleficent's like, oh, hey there, stud. <laughs> <laughs> and they start dating. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> This is also this is unrelated. This is unrelated, but another episode had Roxanne from a Goofy movie. Uh huh. And that's like the only time I remember seeing Roxanne outside of um the Goofy movie. She's not even in the sequel. She's not. No. Huh. I don't. I don't remember if they mention her at all, but she's not in the sequel. Which, like, granted, it's like. Max going off to college, so maybe they just like broke up or something, and or mm. like you know, split amicably as friends. But yeah, I just I, again I, I I must have seen the Goofy movies at some point in my life, but I don't think I've actually. Yeah, don't you don't you don't hold on to the shit for forever. 
Um, I'm... <laughs> I don't hold on to it for a year. <laughs> I am fucking cursed with stuff like this. And I don't know why. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about the other day? Is Disney's one Saturday morning, that programming special, on like every Saturday you just had a bunch of Disney cartoons. Uh-huh. And they had a day where for some reason it was like... I think they just, like, thought it would be a fun thing for kids, but it was called, like, the Day of Stuart or Stuart Day or something. Mm-hmm. But okay. all of the Who's shows Stuart? that... Well, see, this thing, that's, that was, like, the promotion for this, is that it was this, this mystery of who's Stuart, and you gotta tune in on this day to figure it out. And what it was is that every show that aired that day had, some, like, a character named Stuart, or something <laughs> to do with Stuart in it. Um, like, not the same Stuart, but there was a Stuart somewhere. Yeah, like, I remember, um, Recess, the, the Stuart in that show was a stray cat, oh. um, that they, like, it was just this big thing about, like, all the kids on the playground find this stray cat, um, and I, again, I don't, I don't know why I remember this shit so specifically, but at the end of the episode, it's revealed that the cat is actually female, and so they rename it Stella. Okay. But that's, that was, that was just what they did for that day. Every episode had just a rant, like, there's just a character named Stuart, or something to do with Stuart. And I don't know why this stays in my memory. It just fucking does. (laughs) But it's on every episode. It was, like, an episode of Doug. I think it was Pepper Ann. They had just a, there's something to do with Stuart. Uh. (laughs) The the things that remain in your brain are a wonder and a mystery to me, Christy. Okay, I'm I'm really glad that I have this podcast that I could at least fucking curse (laughs) other people, you know, and just like (laughs) because there's there's nobody fucking talking about this. Nobody's talking about the the Stuart Day on fucking (laughs) one Saturday morning. Like like that aired like what like fucking 25 years ago i don't fucking know oh i'm too old oh my god help help (laughs) (laughs) why is my brain like this i know i christy your brain is a wonder and a treasure and yet i can't do basic math Give me, give me, you know, if you tell me what's, what's eight plus nine, can't fucking do it. Have to count it on my fingers. Don't fucking, uh, you know, don't ask. Stop asking me these things. Don't, don't don't ask. And if you ask, don't look at me because I'm going to pull out my calculator. Fuck you. Yeah. Or just don't, don't even look at me in general. Because even if I have that calculator, just like the shame that I feel having to fucking punch in eight plus nine just make me fucking burst into flames in front of you. Oh. <laughs> That's not what my brain is designed to store information about. It's about weird fucking cartoons that I saw 20 years ago that don't matter and never will. Oh. <laughs> so... Disney Descendants 3. So, Di- Disney Descendants. Okay. Uh, Alright. Okay. Let me look at my notes. Uh, I didn't remember who Audrey was. 
No! I mean, that's fair, because she doesn't... I don't remember if they even mention her in the second movie. They, mu- they must have some point. They must but... have, but like... Yeah, she she's not in the second one. Um, I really I enjoyed what they do with Audrey. Um, yes. Um, cause yeah, it's I don't think they planned this from the start, like her character arc, but it fits so nicely into what they established from the first movie. Um, but yeah, just in in the first movie, Audrey wasn't a very nice person. She was very frosty to the villain kids. Um. But you have to admit that she kind of got kind of the bum rap in that movie. Um, her boyfriend publicly dumped her in front of the entire school, proclaiming his love for the daughter of the woman who caused a major trauma for her family. Um, yeah. And as Audrey points out in this film, Mal used a spell to make that happen, and Mal never received any kind of punishment for it. Not even. True. Not even from. Ben. Ben in that first movie just assumed that Mal did it because she had a crush on him and he was super chill about it despite it being real fucking creepy to have yeah. somebody slip you a love potion. Yep. Um So yeah, and and they never really properly address that or like Ben yeah, dumping Audrey and again she wasn't a nice person. But that still doesn't mean that you get to be nasty to her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Audrey wasn't in the second movie. Um, and yeah, like, you you kind of forgot about her. I feel like the other characters at the school did too. And that almost rubs yeah. more salt into the wound. Nobody is checking up on Audrey. You know, she was, again, she was publicly humiliated Nobody, nobody cares about her enough to, to check. And not even her family. Like, her grandma. Yeah, her grandma is, like, a real mean to her. Yeah. Like, like genuinely, like, kind of fucked up. Like, come on. Yeah, like, her grandma should be on the aisle. Because <laughs> just, like, the shit she says to Audrey. Like, there's one line, in, one line in particular um, where she tells she tells Audrey that your mom could hold on to a prince in her sleep. That that's a horrible thing that's to tell your fucked up thing to say. It's horrible. Yeah, like what the fuck? You know, and again, Audrey is a bit of an ass. But after seeing her grandma, I can't yeah. help but think that it's like, well, I guess this is where she gets it from, and you kind of yeah. feel bad for Audrey. Yeah, it's like, she has been, it's one of those things where it's like, she's been raised to, to, like, have this be valued above all else, and then, like, it is taken away from her. And yeah, you know, it's, she's not super, she's not a nice person, but also, like, man, she's, we, sometimes you're a product of your upbringing, as well as, you know, like, it's... Yeah, well, and that's what it that's what it feels like is Audrey in the first movie, it felt like she was nasty to the villain kids because she was a nasty person. That's how it came across. Yeah. Um, um like look at look at how everybody else is giving them a chance, but not Audrey. 
in this film makes it feel like Audrey is the way she is because she was raised by somebody who pressured her and told her, like kept emphasizing that I, I guess they like Audrey's grandma is just very fixated on the status of Audrey marrying Ben. I don't quite get how that works. Like you're still a queen, you're royalty, but yet she's very like, yeah, yeah. just makes these comments about them losing their status because Ma- or because Audrey and Ben aren't together. Um, well, and she's also she's queen, but of where? I it's yeah. very again there are many points of this uh this whole universe that are mysterious. Yeah, I don't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know if it's meant to be like all the other royals kind of gave up their like ruling abilities. Like maybe they're just figureheads now and Ben is the only one with actual authority and that's why she's like, "Oh well, we, you know, we all voted to have the beast be our king, but I'm going to get my granddaughter to marry his son and then our family will be on top again. I don't know. I don't know. It's all the the geopolitics of the Disney Descendants <laughs> franchise yeah. is confusing at best. Baffling. Baffling. Um. I, I I have to mention Audrey's song specifically, the, the <laughs> uh-huh. Queen of Mean, because it is, is my favorite fucking song in this entire goddamn series. I never thought of myself as me. It's it 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 really hits the spot because <laughs> so many of the songs in this goddamn series, number one, they go on for fucking ever. Yeah. <laughs> number two, they're more like focused on being a show-stopping number in that it's like, look at all the the dancing and the cool flips we're doing. Um Yeah. There's a few songs that are meant to be more of an emotional piece, like the character is singing their feelings, but they feel very few and far between. But this is a this is a song. It you know, it it has it's a nice emotional moment for Audrey. The the story continues in the song. We don't stop and just Whoa. watch dancing for 5 minutes. Um which I mean to to its it's good and it's also like I guess I enjoyed this song, but I was also incredibly distracted the entire time it was going on. <laughs> yeah, I've always because distracted. I was distracted. I was sitting there thinking, why is there one one <laughs> fucking guard for this whole place? Yeah. There's no alarms. There's no there's barely an obstacle to getting your hands. <laughs> on all of on... this incredibly dangerous, powerful magic shit. Yeah. Like, she literally strolls in there, doesn't matter, like, just takes it, just takes the shit. And everyone's yeah. like, oh my god, it's all been stolen. Oh, it's a disaster. You had one guard. Yeah. And, like, in in the first movie, when they, they had a whole, like, breaking into the museum thing, too. Yeah. But in that one, they had access to magic, and they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, Audrey just strolls in while he's having a nap. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> so I, I was I was gently distracted during her song, yeah. thinking about what the fuck, how did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was I was into it. This is this is <laughs> this is the only song that every so often I'll get it in my head and I'll go watch it on YouTube. The other songs in this film are just like fucking gone. And as we've established, that's that's an achievement for my that's, brain. For you, that's an yeah. achievement. For it's, me, it's, that's a that's every day. For yeah. for you, that's something special. Yeah, it's a wonder that you remembered that this film was a musical. <laughs> <laughs> but i i really True. liked really liked audrey in this i liked you know it's an obvious message but i do like yeah. that we see that you know as mal kind of puts it at the end of the film you aren't automatically good just because you're on this side of the barrier you know yeah shit happens to everybody in audrey's case the shit that happened to her pushed her into making some bad decisions yeah, it's almost like no one is at their core inherently good or evil. Yeah, yeah. And it's, again, it's very obvious, but it's, it's a good message to, to really spell out for the little kids. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see, what else do I have in my notes? Uh, I forgot the talking dog. I did forget about <laughs> dude until he showed up. Yeah, they don't they don't do a lot with dude in this one, which I'm not mad about. Yeah, it's yeah. It's the an annoying talking dog character, but you know, he's there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um still weird that this kid carries around a hook. Oh yeah, <laughs> Harry. Harry carrying around a hook is very emotionally attached to this hook. Yes, comfort hook. Comfort hook. Uh, I just I have on this page written in very large letters. My God, lam- laughing my ass off. He's fucking rum tug tug, rum tug tugger. <laughs> when uh when Ben gets transformed into the beast, I'm like, this oh, man looks like he's no. in cats. I did not think of that. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's great. I did I did not make that connection. <laughs> he looks like he's in cats. Yeah. Oh. That's that's <laughs> That I saw I saw that movie in theaters. It was Oh, so did I. It was a, that was a magical experience. Oh my god. I hope I hope one day I I <laughs> I just want to I want to force more people to watch it with me. That's that's a that's not a different subject. Go watch Cats, everybody. It's bewildering. Yeah, <laughs> just it was something special to watch that one in theaters. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the last movie I saw before like everything sort of went uh, to shit. shut down in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> so it was very much like <laughs> like what was the last film you saw in theaters before? It's like cats, cats 2019, cats, yeah. baby. For for me, uh, so cats was the second to last movie I saw in theaters. The last movie I saw in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. yeah. So many people, it was either cats or Sonic. Yeah. It was just beautiful. Beautiful. 
<laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, so good. Um, but yes, Beast Ben. I, I so silly. I like that they did this with Audrey. I think it was fun that we got to see her um, kind of doing her own spin on some of the stuff that the original villains did. Although I, I guess it's more in this case, it's not. It's the Enchantress who is the Enchantress locked up on the island. She's going I don't around. know if she was a villain. No, but like she turned him into a beast, and that seems like a dick move. Yeah. Like, if Lady Tremaine's on the island, I feel like you could make a case for the Enchantress being put on there, too. They'd have to catch her first, and she can disguise oh. herself as whatever, so. Yeah, Maybe they just couldn't true. find her. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, like, I, I liked, um, yeah, so you had Audrey turning be- uh, Ben into a beast. You had Audrey crashing Jane's birthday party, a la Maleficent, which that one was really fun. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then turning Mal into an old hag for, like, five minutes of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, is fun in theory, but it's so easily solved that, again, I'm like, why did you bother with this? Why did you do this? I think it was just, maybe it was just for the visual gag. I think. looking like the old crone. I think so. I just, like. I don't know. It just I know. Yeah, no. I'm not I'm not justifying it. I'm just no. trying to find like like an answer. <laughs> it it was pretty great in that um so they use like uh, motorcycles to get to oh, the God, Isle of the yeah. Lost. They they bewitch them to fly over the water. And so we get Mal in her motorcycle outfit but also with the old crow with makeup. The old lady makeup. <laughs> yeah, and she's like she can she can like barely hobble around and walk as this like old crone and then the next the the next scene you see her and she's like in her motorcycle gear on a motorcycle just yeah barreling around it's like all right okay (laughs) sure and then they and then they get to the island and she's surprised that she's back to normal, which is great. Like, did you just expect that you were now like just like stuck as that crone for like I don't know, like what were you going to accomplish on the island as the old crone? <laughs> like everybody has to wait for three hours while she hobbles her way down to Hades' lair. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's such a like I'm sure it's it was just meant for the visuals, but it's very yeah 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 uh, yeah definitely. It's very silly. <laughs> Roots showing implies that they don't have in- a lot of infrastructure on Villain Island, but they do have hair dye. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> there there was also a quick line too. It gives it gives us even more ideas of how fucking awful that island is. Is that some of the kids that they bring over, they start eating Jane's birthday cake, and they they very matter-of-factly compliment how the cake doesn't have any dirt or flies in it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, these poor children. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like, it's... It's incredibly, like, the more you learn about it, the the more intensely fucked up it becomes. Like, it starts out as fucked up, and then the more you learn, it's the worse it gets. Yeah, like, this is just terrible. God. God. Uh, do we want to talk about the the new kids? I know they don't get much screen time. Yeah, um, they don't really get much screen time, but yeah, yeah. 
Um, you have Mr. Smee has two twin boys, and then you have Lady Tremaine's granddaughter, and them and Celia get uh, selected to come to Ordon. And, and Celia's, like, the plot-relevant one. Yeah. Um, but like, Which I, I do enjoy that they brought in, that, like, Dr. Facilier is there. Yeah. And he's a fun villain. Yeah, he. I liked him a lot in *Princess and the Frog*. His, yeah. his uh, friends on the other side song yes, is, yes, is yes. a favorite of mine of like recent films. Yes, like, it's well, just I... so much fun. The 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 like the effect they do or the animation yes. when he's in the partially in the smoke and that makes that mask kind of appear oh, over his face. That's it's fucking so great. cool. That yeah. it was when I saw that one in theaters. That was the highlight of the film for me. Absolutely. For sure. Um. I really like how in this film, because with the other villain kids up until now, most of their parents, they like we've seen that they have like a really shitty home life on top of yeah. being trapped on that island. Um, but it was really nice to see with Celia, like she had, she has a really good relationship with her dad and her dad seems to like love and genuinely care for her. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it, I, I don't know, I, it was just really nice to see, just from, like, an emotional standpoint, that at least, like, some of these kids have something. Um, yeah. <laughs> it it was also nice for the story, too, to see that, yes, Celia wants off the island, but if it means never seeing her dad again, she, she would rather... Yeah, yeah. And, and we see that at the end of the film when... Because uh, Uma ends up going back to the island, and this is before Mal reveals that she's decided against closing off the barrier. So Uma is going to go back because she wants to try and better the island. Um, and Celia says she wants to go back too because she wants to be with her dad. Yeah, she's like, I wish I could be in both places at once, but like, if I have to choose, I'm going to go back and be with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very sweet. Like, yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's good to see that some and same with the like Mr. Smee's kids too. Yeah, like, yeah, Mr. Smee, Mr. Smee, as a as a he is a villain only like he's barely a villain. Yeah, he's, yeah. I don't even remember his his main part in Peter Pan, but he was just like he's just like a, a dude, and he he's, followed Captain Hook. Yeah, but, like, like it just he was just a guy. Yeah, he just kind of seems like the type of guy, like, he's he's kind of like Gil, where you get the impression that they're, like, evil because it's like, well, there's no other, like, option, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, I was thinking about um, Mr. Smee's kids, because in the first movie, of course, you had all the drama of they're bringing the villains of, or the kids of the villains over, and they're, they're definitely evil from birth. Um... <sighs> Yeah. I almost wonder why they wouldn't have picked these kids to begin with. Cause yeah. Like, who's gonna Who's gonna argue with Prince Ben about bringing Mr. Smee's kids over? Like, ooh, they might turn out to be as bad as Mr. Smee. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what if they turn out like their father? Ooh. A kind cool. little old man who just, you know, works for a bad guy. Yeah, and shave the butts off seagulls, you know. <laughs> I haven't seen Peter it. Pan for a very long time. <laughs> it's a great, great little sequence where he goes to give uh, Captain Hook a shave, but then a seagull 
lands in the towel and Mr. Smee is not paying attention and he's also just kind of dumb and so he <laughs> he gives the seagull's butt a shave. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I hold on to these things. <laughs> memorable secrets give that little, little, little seagull a shave. Well, and um, like and then Dizzy, it was in the last film, I remember. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it was nice to bring her back. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of felt a little, it's it's weird, I felt awkward about her getting selected to go to Ordon because... Oh, yeah, because it's like, oh, you're friends with one of them, so clearly that's why. It wasn't yeah. by merit, it was because you know them. <laughs> yeah, like, especially just the way they show the selection at the start of the movie Granted, it's a bit ambiguous, but they kind of just, you just see the kids get rounded up and they hand over these papers, which I don't know if it's like, these are our applications to go over, but then they announce who they've selected immediately after. So it's like, did you, like, how does this work? Like, were you picking from the people who were giving you letters? Or like, did you already pre-select people? Because if you're picking people... Then and there, it does, again, it does feel suspicious. Like, oh, so I just got to be friends with one of the VK kids. And then and then I get to go to Oridon. Okay, I see how it is. Yeah. I feel like there would be more dissent among yeah. the people not chosen. Yeah. yeah. You know what, speaking of that, um, jumping back to the end of the film where they bring the barrier down. Yes, it's a nice feel good way to end this this trilogy. Um there's still like some bad people on that island and yeah, you clearly did not give them any fucking therapy while they were there. In fact, <laughs> you have probably just pissed them off even more than they were already. Yeah. And like... and now I I don't think I don't think you should have I mean Again, it's a nice way to end the series, but also, um, what services are you going to offer in support of these people and the trauma they face so that they don't do this again? Yeah, like, there should have been, they're like, there needs to be some kind of support (laughs) going for these people. Like, at first I was like, okay, it's kind of fucked up that they're only allowing, like, four kids at a time off of this island. Yeah. It's fucked up. But I was like, I guess it's, maybe it's a matter of resort, like, I don't know. It's May- how maybe. often this is happening, who knows. But, like, it, it is good, and, and it's a good feel-good time to have them all off the island, but you're right. Like, there's no, there was no therapy there's no aid there was nothing given to these poor people who have been trapped for decades at least on this island yeah and now it's like now you're free and you have all your powers back yeah have fun and even even for the kids who want to do good like they have not they've not been taught no they've been raised only by people who were banished to an island for evil deeds. Yeah. And 
You know, in the first film, we saw that they were giving, like, goodness classes to the villain kids. Um, I don't know, like, I hope that they were going to be doing the same to the the new kids they selected in this film. But then, yeah, like, okay, well, now you've just released everybody. So, yeah, again, like, what's what's the infrastructure here, Mal, Ben? Um, Where are these people going to live? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, well, I guess they're actually in the animated, in the animated, the special they did where they get married. They right. start fixing up the island, so they start they people okay. live there. So people still live there, but they make it livable. <laughs> yeah, it's less of a prison camp and more of a, n- a nicer place to live. Yeah, um, still, yeah, still though, it's just you, you need you you need to help these people because they are going to experience a very big culture shock coming off the yeah. island. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Not everybody it. not everybody can be Gil and is just so happy to be there. <laughs> I love Jay and Gil being yes. Kimbo friends. Yeah. Yes. I'm not gonna lie, I started to ship them a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because the other the other three from the or of the four original villain kids get like paired off. Yeah. And then there's Jay. And then it's like, there's one instance in the film where I'm like, is Harry flirting with Jay? And then it's like, no, Jay and Gil. Jay and Gil are clearly where it's at. <laughs> Jay's going to take a gap year and go go traveling with Gil. Yeah. It just, it, it like, it happens so fast, their, their friendship. It's just, it's adorable. It's just it's Gil. A, it's, it's so good. Gil is just so enthusiastic for every little thing in Oridon, and like they're just in the woods at one point, and they just kind of have a, a little scene where he's like eating berries off of a bush, and he thinks it's the greatest fucking thing ever. And Jay just really like finds this endearing. Hey, we should play that icebreaker. Um, Jay, I like the way that you can bounce around and jump off things. These are free, right? Yeah, um... <laughs> I like how you get a kick out of a berry bush. I guess you've probably seen everything by now, huh? Prairie rocks, giant fish. You're probably used to grabbing lunch off of a bush. No, usually no, not really. I mainly just use the vending machines of practice. You know, Turney kind of eats a bus my time, so... <laughs> Turney! That's a wee boy's game. Right. You know what would be fun? If you go rafting in a jungle river. Find a lost civilization. Oh, or maybe a penguin. Oh, well, you'd find those more in like icebergs, but I'd love to see one of those. You guys are killing me. And yeah, yeah like you said, they decide that they're gonna they're they're gonna go uh, on a gap here and just go explore the world. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Yeah. We get to see more of Jane and Carlos together, and they are also a cute couple. Yeah, they're not in it a lot, but they're very cute. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, there, <laughs> there is Doug and Evie. Evie and Doug. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Doug. I, I fucking Doug. He's just like, <laughs> he's just the normalest normal dude. He's yeah. just so normal, and I kind of love that. Like, <laughs> 
He's he is rocking just like a nice ponytail in this, like good, very yeah. nice, looking good, Doug. He has like the hairstyle that the the human beast did in the original film. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is, it, was, it was bizarre the first time I saw it. It's like, whoa, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, no, he's just he's just like a really normal dude, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, all right. He it's always cute. He always seems to have one, like, eh line that I hate, though. Um, yeah. In this film, so him, Doug and Evie have this thing. They haven't said I love you to each other, and it also, like, they've never kissed. Um, and so there's a moment early on where when Ben proposes to Mal, they, you know, they kiss publicly. And Doug makes, like, a little comment about how it's more exciting than, you know, their, their movie nights. It makes our movie night seem a little tame. I love you guys. Movies. Me too. And I don't know, it just like felt like a like weird thing to say where it's like, okay, but like if she's not ready to kiss you, dude, like it just that's just how it is. Oh, I didn't even clock into that, but yeah, yeah. Come on, it, man, be cool. It go it goes by quick. Um and then they they have like a whole thing. Again, this is like another like where they kind of work the original movies into the story where they decide that uh, Evie could probably wake Doug up by kissing him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, when he's under when he's under uh, Audrey's, like, magic spell, yeah. that magic sleeping spell, they're like, you can probably wake him up because that, that's, you know, true love's kiss. That's how that works. Yeah. Should, 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 that should work. Yeah, and then and so we get... she has a whole song and dance about, you know. Yeah, yeah, because she's she's conflicted because she doesn't know if she, what she feels is love. She doesn't know if he loves her. Like, is it going to work? Um, and it yeah. does. Yeah. Um, which it is a little bit like it's kind of a dick move, but it's also kind of cute because it like it does wake him up, mm-hmm. and she's but he like takes a second to like open his eyes. Yeah. And p- plays like a little two second prank on her. <laughs> Just to make her feel bad. I guess. Because, <laughs> well, I wonder how it works. Because he would have had to like be somewhat aware of what was going on for him to do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. He how... was just faking that entire time. Oh my God. That'd be. <laughs> what a fucking. He was dick. actually awake. Oh my God. Song. Oh my God. <laughs> maybe oh god I, you know on, on the note of like everybody being asleep like the sleeping spell I did really laugh because a lot of the times like when they see people lying around they conveniently have a little pillow under their head oh yeah like where did you get that like you're just in a park somewhere like why do you have you a pillow you don't carry a pillow with you at all times just like an emergency, an emergency pillow nap like, oh no, I feel sleepy, and you whip out the pillow. Oh, yeah. I'm safe. You never listen, if you live in fairy tale land, people be falling asleep whenever. I guess that's fair. It's not but they probably yeah, they probably have um emergency response plans in case of <laughs> the kingdom falling asleep. In case of mass uh What would insomnia is 
when you can't sleep. So what's when you're forced to sleep? Um, uh, narcolepsy? No, well, I guess narcolepsy is kind of different, but like mass uh. <laughs> mass sleep time, mass forced nap, <laughs> forced nap. Oh, <laughs> hmm. that'd, that'd be awful. I can't nap. Every time I nap, I regret it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is just a sh this this is a sharing moment with all of y'all, but I've napped twice in the last twenty years, and oh, each God, time I've woken up, I've been a hundred percent more disoriented than I was before I went. To I don't know if that math checks out. If you remember, I can't do math. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I yeah, I am way more disoriented when I wake up, and I it's I'm better if I just stay awake. I can't nap. It's not physically possible for me. I didn't. I didn't used to nap a lot, but now after we all started working from home, I learned the joy of the like half hour lunchtime nap, oh, <laughs> where wow. I just like fucking go pass out for thirty minutes and then I get up and do my work. <laughs> and it's like I I've I have I have gained this skill, which is nice. That's amazing. I can't, yeah, I can't, uh, maybe, like, it takes me a long time to fall asleep and turn off my brain, oh. so I don't know if that's part of it. I'm I'm pretty good at falling asleep. Yeah. Uh, that is, that is a skill I have. It is rare than the night where I go to sleep and I'm, like, conscious enough to, to actually think, man, I've been, I've been, I haven't fallen asleep yet. Weird. What the? Usually what the it's just like. <laughs> so, I'm so, I'm so mad right now. <laughs> What the fuck? I have, I have like stories and characters that I think about that I've been thinking up stories for for like, oh. like all of my life. Because when I go to bed, it's like, all right, now starts the hour and a half countdown to when I'm actually gonna fall asleep. Oh, and so I just God. start thinking of shit and just like, what the fuck? It's not fair. See, for me, it's like if if if, <laughs> if I lie down to go to sleep and I'm like. Oh, it's taken me more than five minutes. I'll start thinking about stuff. And then I start thinking and then I'm like, goodbye. Good night. I'm out. Good, good night. Good night. Yeah. Instantly gone. I had one night the other night where it's like, it took me over an hour to get to sleep. And I'm like, this is weird. This sucks. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it fucking does suck. <laughs> it, yeah. Thanks, Bree. <laughs> oh. sorry. You I'm bastard. Sad. so My my one true skill is just falling the fuck asleep. Yeah, apparently. Jesus. <laughs> well. <laughs> Back to the movie. Oh, right, the movie. Okay. Uh... Oh. Yeah, no, we're we're sort of we've kind of jumped through my notes a lot, but like we've hit most of them. Yeah, I think so too. My notes as well. I think the only maybe the only thing worth mentioning is that we kind of talked about this at the beginning, but I, I, I felt like I was able to get into this film a lot more, and I think that was partially because I don't know how old the characters are meant to be in this film, but they 
they seem like they are like young adults, but they are more mature young adults. They're not um like the first film they felt very high school. And again yeah. as early thirty year olds, it was very like <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired looking at these kids. Um but in this film they have a different vibe where they feel a lot more mature. There's like still some bickering between like Mal and Uma, but it's it's not like it just feels different. It's not quite like the high school bickering. It's like yeah. the, you know, we're adults and we're trying to get shit done and we're getting a little snippy with each other, but they're still getting shit done. Yeah. Yeah, the the ages of these characters kind of ambiguous at this point because like they were saying because audrey is clearly the same age as them yeah um and she lives in the dorms but she has and they were talking about how she has to do summer school so yeah like, i'm guessing they must be maybe last year of high school or something yeah. they feel older but like who knows at this point it's all it's I don't know. It's hard to tell because Evie is also, like, she bought her own house and she's living by herself. So I don't know if it's maybe, like, because Audrey took time off from school, she's behind everybody else. Although, like, Jay, as we said, Jay is also, like, he mentions taking a gap year. Yeah. So I don't, maybe, like, Oridon Prep is, like, some kind of weird combination high school slash college. Does that exist? (laughs) Who knows? I don't, I don't think so. Not in North America, at least I don't think. But who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe in the Disney world they exist. Yeah. But then again, then again, they also elected, like, a 16-year-old. I was gonna say, it's still (laughs) weird that they're like, Ben is the king now when his dad and, when his, his parents are right there. They're right there. It's not like they got old and passed on the, they're, like, literally, like, in their late 40s or something. (laughs) Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like there's, there was really pressing reason to, um, make Ben the king yeah. other than like, they just... why did you why did y'all decide to make this like kid with no life experience your king yeah i don't get it yeah and like what a what a sh- well, we've talked about this before what a shit existence for like a 15 year old to be like hey Oof. not only do you have to run a country but you also still got to go to school sorry bye Oof. yeah yeah no yeah no ridiculous Mm. Oh. Well. Well. Over overall though, I I think I would almost recommend this film, although not quite because you kind of have to watch the other two movies. Yeah, the thing if you didn't have to watch the first two in order to watch this one, yeah. it wouldn't be a hard recommend cuz like this one was fun. Yeah. Like, it was it, it it is that way because of the time you've spent with with the other two slogging through the other four hours of Disney Descendants where they set everything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if it's it's not quite worth that. No. Mm. But if you have slogged through the first two and you're on the fence about watching the last one, I don't know, give it a go. Yeah. You're already in it. Yeah, might, might as well as see well. how it all pays off. Yeah. 
does it is it super like fulfilling and 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 all that mm, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> weird choices especially at the end but like yeah yeah i don't know enjoy it i guess hmm. it's fun it's yeah if if anything watch it uh to remember cameron boyce to end this on a, like a sad note um mm. i don't i just feel like it should be mentioned because he unfortunately so carlos uh, was played by Cameron Boyce. Uh, he was, I think he was like the youngest cast member out of the main villain kids. And he sadly passed away oh. unexpectedly after this film was uh, was filmed. I think this is his last one that he did. Oh no. Which really sucks because he, like, he, I liked yeah. Carlos. He was such a fun character and it's a shame that he doesn't get to go on to do bigger and brighter things. Yeah. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. I know, I, I I debated bringing it up because it is such a tragic thing, but it just also felt like, I don't know, I just felt bad, like... Well, yeah. Didn't yeah. want to sweep his story under the rug either. No, it's gotta be, it should be acknowledged. Yeah. Is gonna make this segue real fucking awkward though, because I need to <laughs> talk some Swan Princess news. Well, oh my god, what a mood whiplash! I'm so sorry, Christy. What are you doing? I'm so sorry. I did. Christy. I should play better. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> what have you done? I'm so sorry. Um, but yes, yeah, just some, a bit of Swan Princess news to share because okay. uh, I, I figured I should mention it because I've gotten a few people, uh, tweeting and messaging me. But Amazing. Okay. They, they have released the trailer for the next Swan <gasps> Princess movie. Yeah. Have they? Shockingly. So I think it was only last month that they did a teaser where they basically, all they really said was that they were working on the film yeah. Um, and it was going to be like a flashback of sorts where you would see Derek and Odette when they were young. And it was like, oh, you would, right. you'll see how the fairy tale began kind of thing. Yeah. So I thought... <laughs> Which you didn't, definitely didn't see in the first movie. No, no. Um, but yes, I, I thought that we, you know, oh, okay, well, this must be a thing for next year then. It sounded, it just kind of sounded like they were just starting to work on it. Um, but no, actually, um, it's going to be out later this month or... Well, at the time of recording, we are recording what? early May. Huh. Yeah. What? Yeah. Holy shit. That's fast. Yeah. Um, so they must have been working on this for a while. And again, this just proves my point about how fucking shit they are for advertising <laughs> their stupid movies in their newsletters. Oh, what point man. is a teaser when it, you're just saying a month before the movie's going to be released, oh, we're making a movie. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, what? Great. Thanks for the heads up. Thanks. Um, Thanks. But yeah. Um, well, I don't want to. Cool. I don't want to spoil too much for Brie. Um, so I'm trying to think of what I want to say. It does. I mean, we've. We've seen some clips from the trailer. It seems like it's going to be more focused on Uberta and not so much oh. young Derek and Odette, which is going to oh. be interesting. Yeah, that's the character that really need more expanding on. <laughs> Uberta's backstory. I mean, wow. I'm intrigued, um, also confused, but uh-huh. um, 
Yeah, again, I don't want to spoil too much. I'm I'm hoping just to bombard Brie with this. Are you are you saying don't watch the trailer so I can go in as blind as possible? Oh god, I don't know. <laughs> if it's you know I mean I'm gonna try and get a copy of it as soon as possible, obviously. Of course, of course. Um It's it's funny, of course, the last time we talked about like Swan Princess stuff. I I mentioned that we're we're probably gonna take a break and we're gonna look at some non-Swan Princess Swan <laughs> movies. That's out of the fucking window because how could I not like get not my waiting, hand? You're not waiting three years again to watch no, the new Swan Princess. Absolutely fucking not. So <laughs> yeah, so we're jumping back in the Swan Princess saddle a lot earlier than we expected. Fucking um, yeehaw! Yeah, yeehaw, motherfuckers! <laughs> yeah um oh god again what a fucking mood whiplash the last five minutes have been oh my god christy <laughs> i'm so sorry um but yes look forward to small <laughs> princess stuff for the near future cool yeah sounds good Wee wee. <laughs> and with that i think we need to end this episode okay all right <laughs> oh god oh well thank well, y'all for tuning in this um, is one of the first times where i've had the movie going in the background and it has we, we have ended <laughs> before the movie has finished oh god what point are you at <laughs> oh uh they're bringing hades in to revive audrey oh, okay oh, okay so not okay. So, like it's still like still close to the end but yeah you know, there's, I mean, that dance sequence at the end of the film went on for like 10 fucking minutes. Yeah, there's so. still at least another 15 minutes of dance sequence at the end here. So, yeah, you know, but good. Yeah. Yeah. God, these movies are long. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> well, if you want to, if you want to look at oh, something, right, on Twitter, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're on Twitter at Bad Princess MOV. Um, you could also send us an email at badprincessmovies at gmail.com and you could also peruse the catalog of Bad Princess Movies at badprincessmovies.com Thanks for listening everybody! Thanks for listening! Oh, I didn't talk about Hades' uh, wild wig that he put this man in. Oh. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. There's not much to say. It's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a it's lot. Very- it's very tall, and I like the looks. Fit, the f- looks good from the side. From the front, you can really see how. Uh, he kind of looks it, like the guy on the Slim Jims. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>